today on The One Upbeat. We count down the best of the year in part one of this two-part series. You'll hear music from Gareth Coker, Jesse Harlan, and more. This will be part one of two, with today being entries 10 to 6 of my list, and you'll have to come back for the top five next time. But for now, strap in, get ready, and let's start our final countdown, at least for now. music for film, TV, and video games, this is the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of The One Upbeat. My name is Eric Silver, and I guess it's that time of the year where we review the previous year. First, my little bit of commentary, because I know you've been waiting for it. This show is being recorded at the beginning of February 2021. Maybe it'll release in February, maybe June, maybe never, who knows. And you might be listening to it further in the future from there. I've got a lot of beef with people who put out their best of the year list at the beginning of December. It's flat out stupid. You're just proving that you're not actually listening to things and determining what's the best soundtrack. There's no way to not only hear all the music released in a given year, but to really let it sink in and see what stands the test of time, at least more than a couple days. Even at the beginning of February of the year after we're reviewing, I'm still iffy on some placements for my list. On top of all of that, which I think is convincing on its own, but someone might argue otherwise, there's the inarguable fact that you're skipping one-twelfth of the music for the year. Just off the top of my head, at least three games in my top ten were soundtracks released in December, including my favorite score of the year. How are you going to ignore music that much? I don't think I've seen my favorite score on any list whatsoever. I guess the whole point of this angry old man rant is to say, listen to some music, get educated, When I present these games here and in part two, don't stop there. Listen to more. You'll probably like things I don't like or things I sort of like. You know, things like that might hit you a different way than it hit me. You have this wonderful gift of never-ending art, and we're ignoring it for groupthink and cliched lists where people say their favorite score is just the game they had the most fun playing that year. There are a few stinker games on here, but the list is about the music, and so much of this music deserves recognition independently of the game. You can have both. Anyway, now I'll get off my soapbox and get into the music. Before we get to number 10, 
it's time to do a little very well-deserved honorable mention. This was on the list, off the list. I questioned if it should count. Most of the music in this game is reused from a previous game, but there is a solid original score in here too. I'm talking about Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. To try to explain this game is a bit complex. Usually I just show someone a video to explain it, but we're technically limited here. Basically, when you buy the game, it comes with a little RC car with Mario or Luigi driving the cart. On the cart is a camera. When you're playing the game on your Switch, the cart shows you what the camera sees on the cart. You create a track using your real-life living room, putting up cardboard checkpoints wherever you want. From there, it's AR racing, where you play with a controller and you race against the Koopa Kids, and what's on your TV is what your cart sees as it drives around your house. If I didn't explain clearly enough, go check out a video of it working online. It's really cool from a technical and creative standpoint, and it's really clever and fun technology developed by Velan Studios up in Troy, New York by Albany. It was developed by them, and they went to Nintendo, pitched the idea of using their technology to power a Mario Kart game, and we got a super fun little game out of it. Music-wise, when you're racing, all of the track music is taken from Mario Kart 8, but the menu music and such is all original music by the usual bunch of Mario Kart composers. It comes with a catchy little theme tune that's been stuck in my head for months now, and will probably continue to be even after writing about this game again. The amount of original music in this game adds up to just about how long we'd usually play a compilation suite for, so I'm just going to play the full score as a nice little treat. Not often that we get to do that, so I thought it might be fun to do it this time. Here's the score to Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, with original music by Ryo Nagamatsu, our very honorable mention, only not on the main list because of the uniqueness of the score, one of the best scores of 2020. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
listening to the One Upbeat Sound Radio. Okay, on to the list proper. Though I still feel bad for not putting Mario Kart on the list. Hopefully my harping on it over and over again really communicates how much I love that music. Anyway, number 10. It feels kind of obligatory to feature a Gordy Hobbs Star Wars score on my favorite scores of the year list, and I'll be honest, it almost didn't make my list, but when I was comparing it to the alternative, this one was just more memorable for me. You could tell Star Wars Squadrons was done on a much smaller budget than the previous few EA Star Wars games, but it's still really good. A game that's all space battles with full VR and flight stick support doesn't need to have a AAA game budget about big story and set pieces to be really great. Almost totally expected, Gordy Hobb was brought to compose the music for the game. Unfortunately, this time he didn't get to work with the London Symphony Orchestra. I'm not sure if that's a budget thing, a travel restrictions thing, or both, but it's what it is. You can tell certain tracks are garnished a bit with MIDI here and there, which funnily enough really gives you a Star Wars Rogue Squadron vibe, the old N64 game, which was a distant precursor to this game. The credits say the game was actually recorded by the Nashville Music Scoring, it's charming and nostalgic, but frankly not what I was really looking for in a modern Star Wars game, especially when we've been spoiled so much by the LSO for the last three or so, or so games. No matter how good the Nashville musicians are, and they're damn good, LSO at Abbey Road is just a different sound, it's a different experience. It's the same thing people noticed with the Star Wars prequels compared to the Disney Star Wars trilogy. There are some strong melodies in here. Maybe a little too much action, but again, how can I not include this music of this style on my list? Anyway, please enjoy the music of Star Wars Squadrons, composed by Gordy Hobb, our number 10 best game score of 2020.
Nintendo's had a tough year in terms of releasing games. Animal Crossing was a gigantic hit for them, and a huge success, but besides that, they've been very quiet. I assume they had a tough time transitioning into a work-at-home setting for their employees, being a very traditional company, and very secretive of their work. One of the only brand new games we got from them this year besides Animal Crossing was a Warriors game in the Zelda universe as a follow-up to Hyrule Warriors called Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. For those of you who aren't familiar, Warriors games are sort of their own genre where you take on tons and tons of enemies and capture strategic points. Very action-heavy, and it's all about being one guy who wipes out a few hundred enemy troops in a couple minutes. Age of Calamity takes place a hundred years before Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is an important time plot-wise for Breath of the Wild. It was during that time when the pivotal battle took place where Ganon's forces overpowered the Hylians and Hyrule Castle fell, and Link was put in stasis until he awoke at the beginning of Breath of the Wild. When I first heard the premise, I thought it was brilliant. What better way to do a side story about a climactic battle during the height and eventual fall of Hyrule than with a Warriors game where you can put on a big battle? Usually these games have music that's very rock-based, in the case of the first Hyrule Warrior, rockier versions of Zelda tunes, this new game has a much more traditional soundtrack. Sure, more action-based music, but it wasn't that rock remix thing. It had an original score. It brings in themes written for Breath of the Wild because they're using relevant characters from Breath of the Wild. New themes, and even being a spin-off game with more action music, I still thought it belonged on this list. I'm sure you'll agree as we listen to selections from Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, with music by Kumi Tanioka, Reo Uratanagi, Rotaro Nagi, and Haruki Yamada, our number nine game score of 2020.
There was an interesting little game by Ubisoft that was shown off who knows how long ago now. It looked fun, and it was called Gods and Monsters. Kind of an open world game with pretty art, combat, lots of flying around. It was one of those games that looked interesting, but you'd forget about it after only seeing one trailer a long time ago and then nothing since. Fast forward to September or so of this year, and Ubisoft showed off a game called Immortals Phoenix Rising, due out at the end of the year. It was strange, it looked a lot like Gods and Monsters. Turns out, Gods and Monsters went through a bit of a name change. The developers claimed it was for creative purposes, but word on the street was that there was a dispute with Monster Energy of all companies that forced them to change the name. The game ultimately came out on December 3rd, 2020, much later than when most clickbait websites submitted their best scores of the year list to their editor. It took me about a week before a release to realize Gareth Coker of Ori and the Blind Forest fame was set to be a composer. Oh, that's good news. As soon as I heard that, I looked up reviews for the game, and almost all of them prominently mentioned the score as a great plus. And they weren't wrong. Coker does a great job of presenting his signature style that made him popular, without just sounding like Ori again. This score definitely has a more Greek god sound. I can't pretend I can pinpoint what that sound is to point out how it's different, but you'll likely hear, as we play selections from Immortals Phoenix Rising, our number 8 best game score of 2020.
not often that a remaster game gets a totally new score, but in the case of 2020's Mafia Definitive Edition, it got just that. It was not long after the game was shown off that composer Jesse Harlan tweeted that he was writing a new score for the remake. Mafia Definitive Edition is a remake of the 2002 video game. The series seemed to get really big with Mafia 3, or at least I wasn't all that familiar with it before then. Harlan's score is great. Lots of meaty orchestrations and very listenable. Most AAA-styled games don't get music like this much at all anymore. Jesse Harlan just also knows how to write. I think when I saw his tweet about writing a new score, I was excited because I like his music, but I was worried that the AAA-ness of the direction would hold back his music. It's really not the case at all, though. I'm happy to be able to present this score today. It's such a great example of great game music. It's multiple genres, all of which I like. A great composer is just a great composer. There's not much more to say about that. Here are selections from Mafia Definitive Edition, with a new score by Jesse Harlan.
Here's a game that I found out about after making this list, and it was so good I had to go back and include it. A few days before this recording, a good friend of mine sent me a game score via Spotify, which I almost didn't click because I can't stand Spotify. The interface is terrible, it freezes up all the time. If I really care about listening to something someone tells me to check out, even using YouTube is easier. But for some reason, I clicked the link this time because my friend said, doesn't this sound like it was ghostwritten by Austin Wintry? So I listened to it, and in a lot of ways, it does sound a little like that, but there was definitely a uniqueness to it too. The game I'm referring to is Evergate. The composer is M.R. Miller. The game itself, simply and crudely put, seems a bit like an Ori clone. I think there is some uniqueness to it, but I haven't really had the time to put in the time to give it a shot. Music-wise, it reminds me a lot of If Wintry Did Score Ori. It has that lush, beautiful orchestral sound like Abzu did, so you do a little digging, you look up M.R. Miller's resume, and funny enough, it seems he did have some wintry connection. He's done work on the Banner Saga, Abzu, Deformers, Pode, Erica, and more. He's also done orchestration for films. Guy seems to know his way around an orchestra too. He's someone we're definitely going to have to keep a very close eye on, as Evergate seems to be his first game score. Hopefully there are more to come after this. We're going to play the track Evergate Suite which closes out the album, presenting all the themes and motifs in a beautiful arrangement. I think you'll really like this score like I did. I'm glad I found it when I did so I could share it here. Please enjoy the music from Evergate by newcomer M.R. Miller. This will also do it for me on this episode of The One Upbeat. Please join us for part two when we go through entries five through one of the best scores of 2020. Until then, enjoy the music.
Thank you for tuning in to the Cinematic Sound Radio Network. I want to thank Tim Burden for providing his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and David Cosina for providing Cinematic Sound Radio's theme music. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at Sinsound Radio on Twitter and Cinematic Sound on Facebook. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment right now to rate the show and write a brief review. Reviews help introduce potential listeners to the show. And while you're at it, head over to TeePublic to get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt. And don't forget to check out Cinematic Sound Radio at cinematicsound.net. <laughs>